Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. We have a young football team. We're going to figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a plan for that. There's just something that, that needs to be done, something that needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep losing. As players and as a team, we, we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't it's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by, bet, 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 stand. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Welcome to Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, January 4th, twenty twenty. Three, myself, Jake Hassan, with Kevin Lapka, as always, to give you the final preview episode of what has been a long, arduous, injury-filled season <laughs> that has been, uh, had some ups and downs, has had a lot of ups, mostly from Justin Fields, uh, not so much from everyone else, a couple bright spots, a lot of downs as far as the overall record and how the season went, but... One more preview episode to do before we get into an offseason of what we hope will be <laughs> good moves, obviously, is what you always hope for, and a return to contention in fall of 2023. But for right now, we do have a game. It's a fake-ass game to preview on Sunday against the Vikings. But this is Bears Nation Podcast. We are both playing injured Kevin, playing with a toothache, and myself with a sinus infection. <laughs> it's great. Vibes are really great right now. Uh, so things are going well, uh, as well as they are for the Bears, as they are for us. Kevin, hello. How are we doing? What's up, buddy? Yeah, we're, we're nursing some injuries here. This toothache sucks. So if you guys hear me starting my words a couple of times, I just had a root canal. So if I'm not as clear yeah. uh, as usual, that is why. But we power through. We're here. When did you get a root canal? We, this morning. What? <laughs> yeah, I got the root canal at noon, went to work. Like, got my way through work, and now we're here. I, you think I would miss a Peterman preview episode? You think you think I would miss Week 18 Nathan Peterman? What do you think? That, who, come I, on. Yeah, I don't this know who could pass it up. Jake. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know who would pass that up. If you're trying to pass up Nathan Peterman, you are a fool. Um, as Kevin alludes to, uh, Justin Fields will not be playing on Sunday against the Vikings with a quote-unquote hip injury that he suffered against the Lions. Uh, whether that is a real injury or not, uh, whether that designation is true, I don't know. I pre Prior to today, prior to this afternoon, I assumed that they were going to throw Justin Fields out there for at least a drive or two and see if he could get the rushing record by a quarterback, see if he could eclipse Lamar Jackson's record set a few years ago. That clearly is not going to be the case as Justin Fields is not going to suit up at all. Brandon Peterman is going to start the game in Nathan. a game that the Bears – what did I say? Peterman. Who did Brandon. I say? Brandon Peterman. That oh. name sounds familiar, though. Was he the Illinois quarterback? Is that who that was? 
I'm thinking of Brandon Peters, former Brandon Illinois Peters, quarterback. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's a great start. Uh, back-to-back weeks of stellar intros by me. Um, Nathan Biederman will be starting this game for the Bears, um, among other people who will be sitting out. Uh, Jaquan Brisker missed practice today with a pers- for personal reasons. He shares a trainer with Damar Hamlin, who, of course, is – in the hospital still in the ICU. And we are still, of course, thinking of him and hoping for a recovery from him. Uh, reports today have been positive mostly for Hamlin and that he's trending in the right direction. So that is good news to hear. But Brisker, who knows if he'll play? And that's across the NFL. A lot of guys saying that they're not sure if they'll be able to push through it. Um, you know, a lot of guys who had personal relationships with Hamlin. And obviously, it's a scary thing. But it looks like these games are going to get played. It looks like the Bears and the Vikings will be playing on Sunday And the Vikings actually have something to play for. They're playing for that number two seed. They're trying to cement that home field and try to secure a higher seed for themselves. So that means that Kirk Cousins is going to play. Justin Jefferson is going to play. Devin Cook is going to play. And meanwhile, the Bears are going to roll out Nathan Peterman uh, and whatever offensive line they can patch together. Because today, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who has mostly been your best offensive lineman all year, goes on the IR. Michael Schofield, the backup who has played all over the offensive line, also goes on the IR. So not great as far as the offensive line goes. Uh, I mean, Brandon Peterman stinks anyway. He's probably going to throw three interceptions as it is. Did I say it again? Nathan, why is Brandon Peterman – this is – whatever. It's got to be a real person. Brandon Peterman. Why – it? yeah. It sounds too familiar. No, it's uh, not a real Brent, Yeah, it's what I don't know. My brain oh, is just God. truly. I looked it up, and the first thing that comes up is Brandon Peterman, sexual offender and predator. <laughs> good. All right. So that's really good. Great. Awesome work by me. Brain work so good. <laughs> Point is, Nathan Peterman is a journeyman quarterback who is bounced around from practice squad to practice squad and comes up for these spot starts, emergency. Uh, I mean, it's really, you know, it's the end of the season. Because Nathan Peterman and Mike Glennon are both making appearances, as Mike Glennon was signed by the Dolphins today to their practice squad, which doesn't bode well seemingly for Teddy Bridgewater. So that's how you know these are fake games. That's how you know it's the end of the season with Peterman and Glennon making their like end of season cameos for the NFL season. So that's how you know. Um, I mean, this game is just going to be ugly. Uh, This game really is just not going to go well. But it's also, I mean, the Bears want to lose this game. The Houston Texans are playing the Indianapolis Colts, who are probably the worst team in the league. Jeff Saturday and uh, Sam Ellinger. Like, Lovey Smith wants to win this game for the Texans for his job. I don't think they'll fire him after one year. Back-to-back years of a coach being fired after one year is a tough look, even for a team and organization as poorly run as the Texans. But Lovey Smith, regardless, he's not a guy that just quits. He doesn't roll over and die. He's going to have these guys on the Texans go out and try to win a game. Meanwhile, the Colts, they're trying to tank more. They want a top five pick. They know where they're at. They're rolling out Sam Ellinger, for God's sake, a week after throwing out Nick Foles and after having Matt Ryan, the ghost of Matt Ryan out there all season. The Colts want to lose this game anyway. I think the Texans are going to try and win this game. So number one pick's really in play. And number one pick is very extremely in play because no one's expecting the Bears to win this game. I, I mean, they're eight-point underdogs right now. It should probably be more. It should probably be ten Way and a half. More. So the Vikings uh, still, again, have something to play for. They have that number two seed to play for. And they just got embarrassed by the Packers last week. 
So the Vikings want to get out there, and they're going to want to curb stomp a division rival to try and get some kind of momentum to carry into the uh, playoffs because they don't want that memory, that stink. If you go to the playoffs, I mean, we all know the Vikings are frauds. We all know Kirk Cousins is a fraud. We know the Vikings are a paper tiger, but they do not want to go into the playoffs going off back-to-back losses to division rivals, one of them being an embarrassment to the Packers. They're going to want to win this game. They're going to be motivated. The Texans are going to be motivated to beat the Colts. The Colts are going to be motivated to lose. The Bears are clearly motivated to lose because they're not playing fields with this hip injury. And the number one picks in play, Kevin, I I would say I'm – cautiously optimistic that by the end of Sunday, the bears are going to be in possession of the number one overall pick. You're hundred percent right. I think like, if you want to make a prediction, I think they will end up with the number one overall pick. And honestly, I don't know why the Vikings are playing their starters. I I mean, they want the two seed. I, yeah, but they're going to win. They don't even need to play their starters to win this game. They could try out the third stringers out there and they'll probably win this game. Like they don't need to play their starters, but you know, there's always something to be said about, well, you know, you know, there's evidence about if you, rest your starters in week 18 and you're not prepared for that first round of the playoffs and those who do play there's uh their starters you know they feel more prepared because they didn't miss a week all that I, there's no really evidence to prove which way is the better way but you know why risk anything you're at soldier field it's going to be a cold day it's not going to be that cold but you don't, you don't want to risk injury on a hard ground it, it's just it's just weird to me uh, and that's if it was at if it was in minnesota it could be yeah, I would think completely differently, right? You're in a dome, you're on the turf. Well, and really the thing is, too, I, I mean, Fields took that shoulder injury by sl- getting slammed down to the turf in Atlanta. And I mean, it, it, well. he's dealt with these kind of injuries, these hard contact, getting thrown to the ground injuries. He's also gotten hit a million times all season behind this patchwork offensive line. I mean, look what happened to Jalen Hurts. He got in the Bears game against the Bears, got tackled to the ground and sprained his shoulder. So, right. I mean, I think I think this is the right move. I was going to advocate if they didn't announce it today, I was going to advocate for fields to sit the whole game anyway. So honestly, like, I think this is smart. I think that phone and Eberflus is all, I, I maybe not even go, maybe Ryan Poles walked in there himself. and was like, listen, like if we're like, this is the plan. He might've went up with the whiteboard, had everything mapped out. This is what the offseason is going to look like. We can't risk Justin. That might've been what happened. I mean, or maybe 100%. he's really hurt. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. he's really hurt. I don't know. Well, they said he got an MRI, so that could be the difference. But regardless, you know, they had said that they're going to have this sort of internal discussion with higher management of what to do with the starters. So it's not really a coincidence, well, in my opinion. This was already that the was plan. the thing too, because that when that happened, it was like, really, you're going to have an internal discussion, and two days later, you're like, oh, he's playing. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was never going to happen. Yeah, that if you were going to have ago. that was 48 right. hours ago. Like, what did you expect Ryan Pulse to say? Yeah, trot him out there. Like, right. what did you expect him to say? After saying, hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to evaluate the guys. And if we want to send the starters out there. And 48 hours later, you're going to say, yeah, in this meaningless game, we're going to throw those guys out there. Yeah, let's do it. Like, that was never going to happen. It makes it's no the same, sense. It's the same. I mean, every, every team around the league is doing that right now. Brian Dable did it a couple of days ago. Nick Sirianni's been doing it. Like, it's teams across the league that have heard that uh, the Staley with the Chargers is doing it with Herbert today. Like everybody is doing this. So the bears, uh, I mean, Kevin, is there anything at all as far as this game against the Vikings goes that you might want to see that you might want to be hoping to look for, whether that be so like maybe Cole Komet finished the year strong, maybe Alex Leatherwood on the line to see if you could get any flashes from him. Mm. Thales Jones jr. Dare I say, mm. Here we go. Not, not oh, We're not doing this. Everyone in the chat is huge on Velas. No, here's what I will say. Yeah, it would be nice to see those things because, again, people forget recency bias is so real 
And when it's the last game of the season, it's obviously the most memorable from a recency bias standpoint. So you can, if say Vailas Jones Jr. has like an 80 yard day and a touchdown, right? With one big play, they use him a lot, right? Or, or say Chase Claypool. Play. Like a, a 40 yarder down the field and not just a catch and run on some sort of end around, like an actual, he runs a route, he catches the football and gets a couple yards uh, after the catch. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like end around jet sweep bullshit. Like we're used to for him. Like I want to see him do something a receiver would do. Right. Uh, or chase Claypool. Like, even if it is Nathan Peterman at the helm, as long as he can prove and show that, Hey, I can be an asset. And I'm sure if that were to happen, in week 18, people would start to raise the question, well, does Justin not like throwing to Claypool? What's the deal? Do they have a bad relationship? Oh, boy. Those questions should not be asked. But at this given moment, there's too many people, and I'm one of them, who, who, who think that the trade hasn't really worked out for you and the value hasn't been there, right? The value when you I mean, consider you're going to get. Like, because, Jake, the way you look at it, if the Bears get the number one overall pick, that means because of the forfeited Miami Dolphins pick, they'll essentially have a second first rounder. In, they would have rather had a oh. second first rounder in Chase Claypool because it'd technically be number 32 overall, right? So that's going to, if we do get that number one overall pick, everyone's going to say, hey, you could have had two first rounders. Instead, you got Chase Claypool. So I, like that's what I'm looking for is show me a little bit of something where when we have these discussions in August and in July, as we inevitably will do on what we believe the ceiling of this team can be, how we evaluate certain players in training camp, whether they're going to get cut or not. You're going to go back to these moments. And if we can go back and say, hey, you saw Vegas Jones Jr. kind of coming into his own with 80 yards in that final week against the Vikings defense, that's not very good. Yes, but he showed he can do something. Or, hey, Chase Claypool showed that he can actually be a playmaker. Maybe he just needs more time in the offense, right? Those are the only things I'm really looking for. If I'm going to be honest... I will probably have, so I run two TVs every time I watch uh, football on Sunday. I might have the Colts-Texans game on big TV and Bears-Vikings on the little one. I mean, if we assume, and it will be a blowout by the first quarter, second quarter, then yeah, I'm keeping my eyes on Colts-Texans. That's probably going to be a more competitive game and equally as important. So those are the only really things I'm looking for. I mean, you know, if you want to do sentimental moral things, yeah, it could be nice to see Dave Montgomery have a nice game on his probably final game as a Bear. I, I Again, I'm pretty much sayonara. in. Yeah, sayonara. Uh, good career. He's not staying here. So that would be cool. I guess to see that is, is just a cool moment. But I don't, I'm not really expecting to know. Like the thing about... Alex Leatherwood or any, like, I, I don't think you're going to know much after one game with those guys there, but when it comes to skill players, it's just more engaging and interesting. And I feel like there's more to take away. So, so those are the things I'll be looking for. Well, to circle back to your point about Claypool and Valus Jones Jr. Specifically, I mean, neither of those guys is getting cut next year. I mean, it's not happening. Like you used the third round pick on Valus Jones Jr. You essentially used your second rounder, which to your point could have been a, a, fake or, you know, basically first rounder for Claypool, you got to have those guys there next year. And I mean, Claypool was never getting cut regardless of his performance, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be Peterman's going to have no choice, but to throw to Claypool. Like, all right, here's this guy. He's the most talented receiver, you know, supposed to be on the roster. I'm under attack this entire game. I just got to chuck it up there and hope that he comes down with it. Or I got to hope that this guy can make some plays for me because otherwise I'm getting my head taken off. And not that the Vikings defense is like the best in the league, but you know, they have a couple good pass rushers. It's yeah, Brandon Peterman. He can't move like I use it again. Why do I keep dude? What is wrong 
with my brain that it's this a combination like, of Brandon Whedon and Nathan Peterman. That's what it is. Brandon You're, Whedon. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Like why? you got a sinus infection, you're out of it. We get it. It's okay. I guess, but like brain is mush. Know. It's only Wednesday, yeah. Jake. You got two more days of work. You better figure it out, me. man. Don't remind me about that. Um. Oh, no. All right. Anyway, Nathan Peterman cannot move behind a patchwork offensive line. He's gonna be getting his head taken off. I think you're right. Like I think that he's just gonna have to float a couple down the sideline, hope that Bayless Jones Jr. is streaking down the sideline and beats his guy, or Chase Claypool does the same thing. God help me if we see these wide receiver bubble screens, because we probably will, because we'll be trying to get the ball out quick. It's going to be a lot of David Montgomery. I mean, David Montgomery might carry the ball 30 times. Like, it, it might happen. I know. I keep saying Brandon Peterman. I don't know why. It's so stupid. I don't know what's happening. But David Montgomery is going to, I mean, would you be surprised if he carries the ball 40 times this game? 40 times? 40 no, times. We were going to let Peterman throw it? Well, her, they're, he's he's going to split like he usually does with Herbert. Like, they're not going to go full, hey, you know, moral, they, moral they game. They might run the ball Here's, 60 times. They might. Oh, they, to, if, total. I don't think they'll run it 60 times. I don't think they'll have the ball for lo- long enough to run it 60 times. But I, I think they're going to split. They'll probably run 45 and split like 23, 22, you know, something like that. Maybe get a little Tristan Ebner in there. Maybe a little bit of Tristan oh, Ebner. God. I don't want to see Tristan Ebner, but you know how they do sometimes. Uh, so... You know, I, they'll run the ball a lot, uh, but I, I don't know. I, you can also take the take the approach of, well, you know, if you know Dave Montgomery's not going to be here, why not just basically run him like 10 times and then do a majority Herbert and do what we talked about last week where try to find out if Herbert can be your true number one. I mean, we, like he, he's been in situations before where he's played when Montgomery has been injured, when, when Montgomery has been injured and he's looked to be a number one, but you know, give him more reps as the lead back uh, in the critical moments on third downs, right on first downs. Uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised if they did that, but it does look like even last week that they were still giving Montgomery a, a good 70% of the they, carries compared they to They might also try to do right by Montgomery, knowing that he's going into free agency. They might try to limit his That's fair. try and limit injury. That could happen too. I mean, that would seem like such an Eberflus move. To be like, all right, like we know you're about to go into free agency. You know, thanks for sticking. Yeah, that's, sticking I through. feel like it's the opposite way though, right? Like, no, oh, take your player ass like, off hits. No, because I feel like Eberflus is that type of guy where he rewards. Like Montgomery never complains. In his career here, in his tenure here, never complained, always puts his head down, just shows up, does the job. Like, I, I think I could see them being like, you know what, appreciate you being like a leader on this team. You know, you got injured once already. We're going to try and do right by you in a meaningless game and this lost season. We're just going to, you know, we'll give you a couple carries still for you to put out some tape or whatever. But even though he's been in the league forever and he has enough tape, I'm sure. But, you know, my point being, Coyle Herbert's under contract. He's on his rookie Correct. deal. Dan Montgomery's about to go into free agency. They might say, okay, you know what? Let's continue to roll Khalil Herbert out there and try to, you know, help David Montgomery go into free agency as healthy as possible. So that might happen as well. Um, someone who we do know is going to be back next year for sure. Confirmed. Everybody get out your party hats. Equinomia St. Brown is going to be back in 2023 slash 2024, everybody. Celebrate. Get the champagne out. Get the party streamers out. The season, the off season is off to a roaring start. Equinomia St. Brown gets a one-year extension. Woohoo! Let's bogus, go, Bears. Bro. You're bogus. This is a good move. If you guys, it's a good move. It's like I know I know what you mean. It's not if, flashy. But... If if Equinomia St. Brown enters next, you know, 
enters camp or enters week one of next season, whatever, as the fifth receiver or fourth receiver even, I'll give you that, then it's a good move. <laughs> then it's a good move. If he's anywhere higher receiver than receiver one, Equinemius if he's anywhere higher than WR4, and maybe maybe even higher than WR5, then I will be pissed. Yes. 100%. Look, he he is. He's got a lot of value on special teams. He's got a lot of value as a blocker. And, and be blocker. honest, outside of Darnell Mooney, he was your best receiver this year. Like, he came up That's big in a lot of much. situations. That's it's not, not yes, it's much. not saying much, but. Is it was he warranted to 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 get a one year one point two five million dollar contract? Yeah, it's cheap. Like you throw one point two five million dollars at a guy who's good for the locker room. He's a veteran. He's been on winning teams before. He knows Luke gets. It. it totally makes sense to me. You know, and I, like again, I don't think there's really people who are saying, "Oh no, they extended Equinemius St. Brown." They're satisfied with what they have at wide receiver now. I don't think that's the case. Um, but. It was interesting that that just happened today. I was right. like, it was okay, weird let's just extend Equinemia St. Brown today. Like, all right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> like, he must have done something right the past couple of days, and they must have been really excited to, you know, you can't let him go anywhere. You got to keep, <laughs> you can't let Equinemius go anywhere. So keep him around. Uh, yeah, good for him. Good guy. But yes, hopefully we'll be wide receiver five. G Station says hope they bring back Harry as well. Flash but can't stay healthy. That. I agree. I with that. agree, but when Harry's been on the field. He's made a big play almost every time. Oh, but he's it's made almost... a big catch downfield, an explosive play. You know, by literally by NFL statistical standards, a play of like twenty five plus yards almost every every time he's been on the field. Point is, can't stay healthy. Didn't even start the year healthy, and then struggled to see the field. But the Dallas game, the Green Bay game. Like almost every time that Justin Fields has targeted him, he's made a big play Correct. and then they yank him off the field for some reason. I would not be mad. Again, he shouldn't be higher than like WR4 with Economia St. Brown being WR5 to open camp or open the season next year, which I mean, isn't asking much anyway, because you have Mooney and Claypool. They're your one two. sign one more guy. You know, if you sign, you know, Jacoby Myers to be your three. Oh, and- as your three, oh, as your three, oh, as your slot guy, I'm no. okay. With or, or better, or better option. You draft someone, obviously, and then it's pool. So let's say someone you draft: Jones Jr., Harry, Equinomia, St. Brown. That's depending on who the draft pick is. That's not terrible. I could live. No, with it's pretty that. terrible. I I can't live with I that, mean, it's, dude. It's not great, but no, I no, can no, live no. with that. I I I can live with drafting a guy or trading. You know the propositions that we've thrown out about trading for a wide receiver, right? But you cannot. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's T Higgins or I mean Devontae Adams says he's staying in Vegas now, but yeah, know. yeah. What the hell was Play, that? That players me say off. things. Players say oh, no. shit all the time. I wanted. I was wanted to be here before Derek. What the hell are you? T- no, you didn't. That. What does that even mean? Well, it's, it's like it's like the old. Uh, it's like the old Trill Withers tweet. Like lying, greater sign, greater sign. Greater. Yeah, literally. It's great. Like lying is the best. Weird, but there is the thing that you pointed out. I am not satisfied with what I would consider at that point to be wide receiver by committee, right? Like, let's consider sure. it that because you would have a bunch of guys who are essentially mid. Let's call him mid, right? <laughs> you know, you got Claypool and, Mo- and, and and look, Mooney's not mid. Mooney's a good player. I, you know, you know my thoughts he's, on John. He's Arnold. a wide receiver too at best, though. He's a wide receiver too. But you know what I'm trying to say. Let's let's say sure. a, average or above average players, right across the board. It, like 
it can work. It has worked before. But I think when you're trying to find a, uh, find a way to elevate Justin Fields to be an MVP candidate next year, to be a top five quarterback in the league, which is doable given his ceiling, you're, all, you're not well, doing that by just yes. putting together this committee of wide receivers. It's got to be a guy in the first round. It's got to be a trade for a Hopkins and Evans and Higgins and Adams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've look, I'm starting to see a possibility now as we get into more draft talk where they trade down twice. You could trade down twice. If you end up with number one, there's a chance you could trade down twice. You could swap with... Number three, and then trade down again. Someone jumps up to get Will Levis, you know, whatever it may oh, be. God. And then you still end up, right, around nine or ten in a place to take Quentin Johnson, who had a phenomenal game against Michigan in the college football playoff. Really made me intrigued mm-hmm. um, by watching that. Or you go even further down, you still get Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you have all of these a boatload of picks. Like, that's in play. Sure. That's totally in play. So um, that's where I'm at with that. And you know, ah, God, having that number one overall pick, man. I mean, it, it again, this doesn't happen often. Like, I, I, I was reading an article, and it was posted in 2016, but I, it's only happened 12 times in the history of the NFL before 2016. So if, you, if anyone in the chat's a real NFL uh, historian and can remember if it's happened since 2016, so we can add to that total. Now, nine times it was only, nine times it was traded when people knew it would be the number one overall pick. But uh, 12 times it's been traded where, you know, in three instances, uh, they it, they didn't know if it was going to be the number one overall pick and end up being the number one overall pick. So this is, it's actually pretty, like people need to understand, it's pretty rare actually that a trade for the number one pick overall pick happens in the first place. It doesn't happen very often. But it's even more rare when, again, you're in a situation like the Bears are where you don't need a quarterback and you can have this leverage. And the leverage that you can have going into these meeting rooms with these teams is unprecedented. Like, I think if they are going to trade this pick, it'll be the biggest return in NFL history, if I'm being honest. I think it's quite possible if it's because one. if it's number one, right, if it's number one, sure. it, part of me is, is reluctant to say that because I don't think Bryce Young is even an intriguing enough of a prospect to warrant a team to trade that many assets for him. Well, that's but I love Justin Fields. Yeah, but it has nothing to do, that has nothing to do with Justin Fields. I just, I, come on, like... In this squad, in this QB class, Justin Fields would be QB one coming out of the draft, 100. percent Like not even close, in my opinion. It's possible. But uh, there's going to be a team that look that you know you want if you if you are dead set on Bryce Young, regardless of how you uh, want to compare his evaluation to previous classes, then you're going to have to give up a lot to get him because everyone knows that te- what the Texans want to do it too. So you're going to have to give up more to get up and get him. And maybe the Texans aren't satisfied with just saying, sitting there and, and getting Stroud. Maybe the Texans try to swap with you at one somehow. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's intriguing. So obviously yeah, I, I watch Colts-Texans. Kind of, I think it's kind of like what we talked about last week. Like your most likely trade partner is probably the Seahawks who own the Denver pick, which is mm-hmm. probably going to be three. And then their own pick, which is going to be either in the late teens or like 20 or so. Like that's probably your pick there. Cause then, you know, you trade, let's say you get three and 19 where they currently are. I mean, you're probably still getting God, like, Oh my God. You're probably still getting oh Will God. Anderson. I mean, you're getting, you're probably still getting Will Anderson at three or Jalen Carter. Right. I mean, you're definitely getting one of the two because it, if, you know, let's say the Seahawks trade up to one and the Texans are two. I mean, there go young and Stroud bang, bang. And then you have your pick of young and, uh, and it of Anderson and, uh, Carter. And then at 1920, I mean you have you could 
I mean, you could pick Jackson Smith and Jigba. Who knows? Maybe Jordan Addison falls a little bit. And obviously weird things happen in the draft all the time. So it kind of, you know, depend on how everything else falls, but you could definitely get, yeah. I mean, if you trade that pick, I, I think it's, I think it's the Seahawks. Like if you're going to trade this pick, it's probably, I mean, or the lions, if the lions decide, like if that's, we will, we will do the PFF do mock draft later yeah, in the off season. We always do that. Um, but for those of you who are, who are new and we know there's a lot of new commenters and viewers, we do do a seven round full. Uh, once the draft gets closer, we do, we go through PFF, we do one and then we break it down. But I mean, Rick, hear me out, Kevin, because I know you're, you've kind of been against this idea, but. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If the Lions go out there and Jared Goff mucks it up and his tiny hands can't play in Lambeau and because of that, because let's say Jared Goff plays terribly, he plays horrible, and the Seahawks lose earlier in the day, and let's say the Lions go on and Jared Goff just completely, you know, craps his pants. The Lions might be looking for a quarterback then. The Lions, and they're, they might have it, I mean, right now, they're slated for the sixth overall pick because of the Rams, and the 17th. Like, the Lions clearly showed this year that they have the talent to be in a playoff contention year to year. And so they might say, all right, we need younger Stroud, and then we're good to go. That, if Goff screws it up on Sunday and basically bounces them from the playoffs on his own, like if Goff has three turnovers and the Lions lose to the Packers, which I think they're going to lose anyway, but if Goff plays horribly and is the reason you lose, the Lions might, I mean, that phone might ring, and I know it's a lot to swallow for in their division to be like, man, do we really want to give the Bears these picks? But if they offer you 6 and 17, like it's currently slated, yeah, you might lose out on Anderson and Carter. But I mean, you're you're going to like you're going to have a chance at one of those top receivers. And I mean, you could still get, I mean, even if it's a top offensive lineman, even if it's Miles Murphy from Clemson, still another really good edge rusher. I mean, the Seahawks are ideal because they have the third pick. But I mean, the Lions also could put together a strong offer as well. Yeah, and I actually think it'd be the other way around. I don't know if the Bears would be willing to say, hey, we will trade with the Lions and let you get your franchise sure. quarterback who could be very good and dominate this division if for a while. If it's the only offer or, they get, though. Right, right. I mean, tied. yeah, 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 100%. I, I think you would have to take it if the offer is intriguing enough. The other thing to, to monitor, I suppose, is, you know, if Denver wins, then sure. they could potentially drop to six, it looks like. Uh, depend, there's a lot that needs to have, you know, Arizona has to lose, Indianapolis has to lose. So, you know, there's a lot that's interesting as far as what could, could play out here. I, I guess, you know, the further Denver goes down, it's a benefit of, uh, you know, you get more in return if they want to trade up because they're, you're, they're, you're moving more spots. But at the same time, if you fall to six or five, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter might not be available. As people are talking about, uh, PFF Matrax, though, I did do one where I did a trade with the Colts and... For some reason, I traded down to number six, and Jalen Carter was still available. Like, the two teams took Brian Breesey and Miles Murphy out of them. I was like, are you kidding me? 
Um, so, I mean, weird you know, again, stuff happens. Weird, oh, weird, stuff weird stuff happens. Like, people fall, they're, they're, uh, you know, stupid rumors go around, right? Everyone remembers the Justin Fields rumor in 2021 about, you know, he doesn't have the work ethic. Uh, thanks mean, a lot for that one, which is great. I mean, Jalen Carter falling to six, I mean, I guess isn't totally outrageous. Because If three quarterbacks go in the top well, six. Three quarterbacks would have to go. Anderson would have to go. I mean, Skaronsky Skor- maybe, if a team's desperate ah. for an offensive lineman. Like, it would have to be a team that really loves him. Correct. And then Carter's at six. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. You're right. It's absolutely not impossible. Now, let's address this, okay? Because I got a little rant here. I've been been hearing it way too much since Sunday. And I work for the score, and now we got the score mob in the chat. These callers are coming in. And some, so there's even even some, even some Bears pundits, some, some reporters who say it. They're unsure if Justin Fields is the guy. And they're doubting him to the point where they think it is a possibility that the Bears could potentially draft a quarterback. And boy, am I over this. Are you kidding me? We're at this. You've been watching football for however long, right? You watch the NFL for however long. You watch this whole year of Justin Fields. And you think they're going to draft a quarterback? How stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? It just blows my mind. It's like every single player that has played against Justin Fields thinks he's a superstar, already is one or is going to be one. Every single coach who coaches against Justin Fields thinks he's going to be a superstar or already thinks he has one. And then all these people, oh, you think you think you know more than those guys? The guys who watch him play every single Sunday, play against him? You're, you're, you're going to come out here with this opinion that they should draft a quarterback? That sets this franchise back decades absolutely stupid i'm over it man it's the most it's the most illogical thing that there's not even a 0.001% chance they draft a quarterback there's not a oh the doctor strange does his thing there's zero realities out of 14 million there's not even one there's zero there's zero realities out of 14 billion million it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all i'm done hearing it, it you're stupid like all like i can respect different opinions i can I, but this is not even an opinion. It's just wrong. It's just a, it's just incorrect. It's it's just it's illogical. And it's not like what's what do you gain? What do you gain from pitching that out to the world? What you, you just because you're trying to be different? Like what is this? It makes, I mean, it, you're reacting. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's stupid, man, and it's frustrating, and it's like what? Like, there's just no point. Like you know that's not like even people who pitch that know that's not going to happen. Like, oh, but, but, but Ryan, Ryan Poles didn't draft him. What do you, what do you mean? Okay. Ryan Poles would have taken this job unless he knew Justin Fields was going to be the quarterback of the future. Cause this job becomes a hundred times harder. If Justin, if he wasn't willing to work with Justin Fields and had a plan from the start that he was going to draft a guy in the next class. If you were talking about a, even if you were talking about a generational once in a lifetime quarterback prospect, I still wouldn't take him stupid. Watch the games. Understand how the game of football works. Understand how the NFL works, and gotta get out of here with this bullshit. That's that's what I had to say. I'm sorry. It's just, it's there's just no basis of fact to it. There's not like no one, no someone could sit on a podcast for a hundred minutes and talk to me, and they wouldn't be able to give one logical reason as to how that makes sense. Not one. So there's my rant. I'm sick of hearing it. I'm sick of seeing the comments on our Instagram posts about it. I'm sick of seeing the tweets about it. It's not happening. Get over yourselves. So I agree with you. I think Justin Fields has shown enough in the last, you know, since the commanders game uh, as a passer and as a runner to warrant being the guy, Uh, you know, obviously 
you go to the Miami game where he ran wild and you go to the Packers game where he had a great all around game, uh, passing and running. And yes, he's had his struggles. Who isn't going to have their struggles behind this horrible patchwork, Swiss cheese, no good, very bad offensive line. Put anyone back there. They're going to have a terrible time. Justin Fields is getting his head taken off nearly every play. Did you watch the game last week? The man had about 0.3 seconds to decide what to do with the ball. I mean, the pocket was non-existent last week against the Lions. And, you know, to the point of, well, you should take a quarterback and blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't take a quarterback. Look at what Aiden Hutchinson did to you last week. Will Anderson is better. Will Anderson's better than Aiden Hutchinson. And look Mm -hmm. at how he's impacted and how he's changed the Lions defense this year. Will Anderson is better than that guy. Let that sink in. Will Anderson has set records collegially across all FBS. Not SEC, not just Power 5. All FBS has set records for sacks, tackles for loss. He is a disruptive player. And then, obviously, I think you can tell I'm more t- I'm leaning more Team Will Anderson than Jalen Carter. Obviously, both would be fantastic, and I would I love having both of them. But Will Anderson is better Aiden Hutchinson. And look what that guy did to you last week. But this offensive line, I'm getting off track. This offensive line is terrible. Yes. They're, they're god-awful. They're brutal. The Bears are sending out five me's. And I won't put you in that because you're a better athlete than me. But the Bears are sending out five me's. To, to block Aiden Hutchinson. And you're still better than the center. And to block uh, Fletcher Cox. And to block, you know, uh, Darius Smith. It's not going to go well. Yeah, Justin Fields has ran all year. Because that um, a lot of times, that's been the only option. Did you watch the Patriots game? Did you watch the Packers game? Did you watch, uh, what else, what's the other one I'm th- uh, forgetting? The Lions um, game. When maybe. Threw, the, the first but, one. The first Lions game. Where he... There were a couple times where he changed his arm angle and he paused. Instead of running, he stopped and me. There has been, and I said this a couple weeks ago, there's been at least one throw every game where Justin Fields makes a throw and you're like, holy shit. Like, at least once a game. And not last week notwithstanding, and the Buffalo game notwithstanding, because, I mean, obviously look at the conditions those were played in, but both from a personnel standpoint and then the Buffalo game will weather standpoint. But... Just about every game, there's been one or two throws from Justin Fields where you go, oh, that's it. You, we get him some protection. That's like, you're going to get that all the time. Like, he's, it's not just once every three games. Or it's not, you know, once every four games. Or it's not just one. Like, he's done it multiple times a game, too. I, I mean, this is the most recent one. I keep going back to it. The Packers game. The Packers game was unbelievable. Like, I, I get it. People want to nitpick and take the still shots of him missing wide open receivers, as Charlotte J puts in the chat. But a lot of times, like, he's doing reads for his life. Like, he doesn't have time to sit there, okay, let it progress, okay, okay, okay. He's moved on. Or he's on to his fifth read, which is just running. Like, I, I very incorrectly to start the season was team <laughs> Justin Fields might not be the guy. I was yeah. proven wrong. I was proven wrong completely and overwhelmingly wrong. You know, and, and I and I was on this show and I sat here and I tried to argue with you that Justin Fields might not be a lock for the roster next year. I was wrong. I've been I've completely been proven wrong. Justin Fields is a lock to start for this team next year. They've shown that. He's shown enough. You get him some actual wide receivers, some actual help, an actual offensive line, and then once Getsy's not playing to lose, 
you know, once Getsy starts play calling like he did in the middle of the season, like he did for the Patriots game and like he did for that Packers game, then, and he's not trying to play call to lose two runs and a short pass and then punt, then we can start talking. And Justin Fields, I agree with you, is the guy. There is no chance of drafting quarterback at one, <laughs> at two, at three, at four, at five, at six. You know, once they get to the sixth or seventh round, they need a supplemental guy, maybe for the practice squad. They are not drafting a new starter. It's just not happening. They are going to try and get a wide receiver. They're trying to get, they're going to try and get someone for the defense. And they're going to try and show up the offensive line in free agency because Justin Fields has shown enough over the last however many weeks since the commanders game, 10 weeks or whatever, 11 weeks that he has the tools to be the guy. It's just, you got to put competent NFL players around him. I'm with Correct. you, Kevin. I completely agree. Thank you. And for those people who think that, like, I hope you realize if that were to happen, it will go down as the worst draft, uh, in NFL, the worst draft move in NFL history. Easily. Stupidest, worst, like, put that through your head. Uh, it, like, it would go down, can, like, overwhelmingly as the worst move a team has ever made in NFL draft history. Uh, but MPAT75 says, put a running QB, uh, but in, uh, in quotes, he says, because people say this, but in running QB has never won a Super Bowl. Look, the game has changed. It's not about passers anymore. Also, it's about, it's about playmakers. Russell Wilson. Exactly. And, 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 Twice. People, exactly. And I said this in, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, no, once. He no, lost once. the second one. Uh, or did, yeah. Uh, I believe that's correct. Uh, people don't understand how much Patrick Mahomes utilizes his legs. Like, he is not a rusher in the capacity of Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson. But half of the plays that he makes and almost every single one of the incredible plays that you see that get millions of views on Twitter are based off of him using his legs to create a play. So I don't want to hear any of that. And again, like the game has changed. It's about playmakers now, not passers. Justin Fields found a way this year to make plays and him doing that is unbelievable because 90% of quarterbacks in his situation would have looked like the worst quarterback in the league for the entire year. He looked like it for a couple games and then figured out, hey, I need to do something. I need to find a way to make plays. And he realized that using his legs more is a way for him to make plays. He ends up with 25 total touchdowns on the year because he's a playmaker. So I don't want to hear none of this about, oh, pocket pass, pass quarterback. Yeah, his passing needs to improve and there needs to be more from that area. But it doesn't mean that he should stop running completely and just be a passer. Stupid. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, the game changes, all right? Steph Curry single-handedly changed the game of basketball. Now everyone shoots threes. In five years, 80% of the quarterbacks playing the position are going to be relatively fast and good at running. You're already seeing it. Every single guy that gets drafted. CJ Stroud, athletic, can run a little bit. Bryce Young can run a shit ton. I don't know what Will Levis' running capabilities are, but I'm pretty sure he's a pretty good athlete that can run pretty well. And yeah, there's going to be the Joe Burrows. There's going to be the guys who can just sit in the pocket. but this is the way the game is going to be. So I know for you people who are older and haven't seen it, guess what? It's coming and it's already here. So I don't want to hear any of it. That's enough of my rant there about that stupid conversation. Um, I have, I did a mock off season the other day. So you can That's actually off. do this. This is actually pretty cool. I, I, I'll try to find the website for you. You can actually do a mock off season. Um, I want to read you some of the names that I added to the Chicago Bears. Just to kind of throw them out there. Just a fun little thing. Uh, here's what I did. I think I spent close to 
45 million dollars left him with 75 million going into next year um i picked up left tackle orlando brown jr defensive end yannick Ngakwe, right tackle mike mcglinchey from the 49ers linebacker aziz al shair from the 49ers cornerback byron murphy from the cardinals really good young player all of these guys are under the age of 30 as well uh, that's the key thing for me. Running back, Tony Pollard, my guy, even though I say don't pay running backs, I'm sorry I'll make the ex- exception for Tony Pollard. I think he can change your offense in the same way that Christian McCaffrey has for the 49ers. Kicker, Robbie Gold, bring him back. I think they're going to be looking for a new kicker, 100%, and yeah, cornerback, Troy Hill. Uh, I just had a little fun with that, obviously, since we're kind of moved on to the offseason. Do any of those names excite you at all? I mean, the tackles completely. I mean, Brown and McGlinchey. I mean, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. Like those are two pillars, cornerstones that you can eat. Like you said, they're both, I think Brown's what, 27, something like that. And McGlinchey's like 29. Uh, you know, two guys that are in the, very much in the prime of their careers and are two very, very good tackles. Um, the, the problem with that is those guys are going to go fast. So if Ryan Poles wants those two specifically, because I think they're the top two offensive tackles set to be on the market. You're going to have to hit hard, and you're going to have to hit fast. Like You have to go overwhelm them with a contract offer immediately, uh, especially Brown because he's so young, uh, and he's a left tackle, which is a premium position, obviously. Um, I like the Ngakwe one, uh, especially if you do draft Will Anderson. I mean, that pass rush would be – I mean, that would be unbelievable. Like, that that would be crazy. I mean, think, think of Ngakwe and Anderson rushing the passer, freaking, you know – Aaron Rodgers out, flushing him out of the pocket, forcing him to do anything, hitting the statue that is Kirk Cousins in the pocket, and forcing them to lob, you know, the ball up down the field to Jaquan Brisker or to Jalen Johnson or to Eddie Jackson, a healthy Eddie Jackson, obviously. Like, imagine that. Like, that would be, I mean, you'd be back right to 2018 uh, as far as takeaways go. Like, that would be a, a great pairing. I really like the Ngakwe one. I Now, the rational part of me says, you're not going to get both Brown and McGlinchey. If I had to lean towards one that's most likely that you get, you probably get McGlinchey because I know the market for Brown is going to be insane. But even if you get McGlinchey and uh, Ngakwe as your headliners, that's great. Like, that that's a really, if, as your headliners for the, off, for the trenches, that's a good offseason for those guys. Like, that's really, really good. So, yeah. I, again, I would love... All of those top three. I would love that you get Brown and Ngakwe and McGlinchey. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but I, I will. I'm expecting one of three. I would very much take two out of three. And if they go three for three, I'll I'll streak through the streets. Well, I think it's honestly a thing where if it rains, it pours, right? Because sure. you know you have a young team with a, a a fresh identity with a young quarterback, and say you get from the very jump Orlando Brown Jr. to sign on then more people are going to buy what you're selling. Sure. And they're going to buy into this and, and be intrigued and say, hey, you know, Orlando Brown wants to go there. You know, the premium, one of the more premium players in free agency. What what are they cooking here? What are they cooking? What are they building there in arguably Chicago? The and then the top player in free agency. Yeah, arguably the, the top, you know, the top player. And they can afford, they can afford all these guys too. So if it rains, I think it pours. And then you got a real chance to make a big, big splash. And all these guys are going to buy in and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. You're obviously in a big market. We, we know, you know the help that that has uh, for, for players who want to be in a big city and be you know, on national television a lot. Obviously, Chicago is the place to be. So uh, interesting thing there. 
Uh, if you guys want to do that mock off season, I, I can't. I think it's spotrec.com allows you to do it. I'm not entirely sure. I think, uh, it, but it's when fun. You posted it. That it looked like their layout. Yeah, because you can play with the money and everything. So I was, I was throwing out salaries to them and contracts. It, it, it's cool, but uh, we're getting that time is is going to come sooner than you think. Uh, it always creeps up on us. So uh, before you know it, they'll they'll be making those deals for sure. All right, one thing I I teased this uh, a little bit. I texted you earlier that I had a mystery question for you, uh, and Oof. we'll do this before we give on our predictions that everyone really cares about for uh, the Vikings jersey. Mystery question for you. There have been rumblings, rumors, whispers that down south in Miami that they are not happy with the way that the season has progressed over the last few weeks. I mean, they're lost like six in a row, seven in a row, and they might miss the playoffs now. And there are rumors, there was a report today, that if the Dolphins lose on Sunday, and they're starting their third string quarterback. I forget his name. Like Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson is going to be starting. Mike Glennon was signed to the practice squad. That's how bad things are in Miami as far as the quarterback goes right now. That if the Dolphins lose and miss the, and subsequently miss the playoffs, everyone's fired. Oh. All the coaches. All so my question to you, oh. Kevin, would you be opposed to Mike McDaniel? Joining the Bears coaching staff, maybe not as offensive coordinator, but maybe as, you know, some kind of offensive assistant. Maybe it is offensive coordinator and Getsy goes to QB coach and they say, all right, McDaniel's going to be the guy for a year and then he's going to try and get another head coaching job. What There's would you be no opposed way. to? Would you? Is there no? Why is there no way? Why is There's there no, no way? way they fire him? The things that he's done for that team already Steve, in one year, Steven how much Ross they like him. Is kind of crazy. Like he is crazy. Because, but because here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. Like, if Stephen Ross says, all right, well, you know, we want to get Brady and, you know, Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton, if you come down here, we're going to sure. get Sure, okay, fine. Or, or Jim Harbaugh. Like, Jim Harbaugh's now the report is that he, he'll, he'll bolt for the NFL if he gets an offer, too. Here's, here, here, so even it, if that were to be I'm true. I'm just saying. I know, I know. whispers, I'm not saying, like, that's going to happen, but in let's the assume, event, Let's assume the rumors are true. Let's assume there's a possibility. He won't have a place with the Bears because he's going to immediately get a head coaching offer from a different team, one of these open vacancies. Like, they would be stupid not to interview Mike McDaniel. I mean, again, like, the things that he did, the, the things he did with Tua, and yeah, you can give a lot of credit to Tyreek Hill, but still, like, and Jalen Waddle, for that matter, he, he had a big impact, and a lot of the things that happened to them down the road weren't really on him. Again, you had injuries, you had some close games that didn't go your way, right? I don't know. But I, I think the important thing, as Charlotte J throws in the chat, is it's it's really important for the continuity to be there for Justin sure. Fields. And this was the the worry that we all had in the first couple weeks of the season, or, or midseason really, was what happens if Luke Getzey goes on and, and becomes a head coach somewhere, right? We were all worried about what would happen there because of continuity. This would be the same thing. I mean, it, you'd be bringing someone else in, and I think they come from the same tree. If I'm not cor- if I'm if I'm correct, so uh, similar systems. I believe they're both under the Shanahan coaching tree. Yeah, they are. So uh, it'd be similar as far as the way the offense operates, but I, that would be that would be absolutely crazy. Um, I would, you know, maybe they do fire him because of the way he handled Tua. I don't know, but he will or certainly if they just not want be. Sean Payton that badly. I'm just like it's something. I agree with your point. I didn't think about the continuity aspect. You're probably right. It was just something interesting. That I was considering, because like I said, considering what he did with Tua and considering how much success he had in San Francisco. So 
it was interesting. Uh, I just thought it was a fun hypothetical. Um, but he also might not get fired at all. So also, who knows? Like, I've thought about this. Yes, the Bears ended with three and thirteen record, but I think around the league, it's been an overwhelming consensus that. Justin Fields took a big leap, large in part because of the things that Luke Getze did. I'm not saying he's going to get hired, but I would not be surprised if he gets an interview. I would not be surprised Getze? if there's a rumor. Yes, if there are rumors about Luke Getze, because again, these teams aren't stupid. They're smarter than the Bears pundits out here. They know what he had to work with, with this offense and how he made that work. And the and I think the important thing is, um, you know, the changes that the adjustments that he made, considering it was so bad and they changed it, right? I wouldn't be surprised if a team still was willing to give him an interview and at least see what type of leader he can be. Because we, we you know, they know the success he had in Green Bay, they know the partial success he had this year. I'm just I don't think it's gonna happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if a team at least is on the phone with him and there's a rumor fooling around at least. It might be premature, but yeah. I just like how many times do you see guys from losing teams on ten game who end the season on ten game losing streaks, presumably get interviews. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong, but I, I would just be surprised. Um, as M tapped in the chat, kind of the good reason of this losing streak is probably guarantees Getsy doesn't bowl. Uh, at least this year. At least another year. Exactly for at least one more year, which would be very nice. Um, all right, Kevin. I guess we should stick to the preview aspect of this a little bit. Um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, Vikings are favored by eight. It's going to be gross. It's going to be a beatdown. Um, I'll go first and I'll kind of just roll everything into one here. I think the Bears obviously lose with Nathan Peterman starting at quarterback and a patchwork offensive line not working with much. Uh, you know, and the Bears clearly trying to lose to try and get that number one overall pick. I mean, I think the Vikings win like. Because I do think there's a chance that they pull their starters at the end of the game. Correct. I'll say that the Vikings win 28-3. to three. Okay. You don't think the Bears get more than a field goal? It's, I mean, it's Nathan Peterman. It's Nathan and Dave Montgomery not play, might not yeah. play that much either. Yeah, I think their rushing attack allows them to get a little bit more than three. I think they score some gar- – I think the Vikings pull their starters at halftime uh, and the Bears get a garbage time touchdown. They lose 31-17. Um, again, too much to play for for the Vikings, and I think they'll go up big, and then it'll be – uh, goodbye, Kirk Cousins. Goodbye, Justin Jefferson. You know, and, and look real quick about the Vikings. I think Justin Jefferson should be the MVP. That is my hot take of the day as we walk out of here. I think Justin Jefferson should be the MVP because again, people. I hate that it's become a quarterback's award now because sure. it shouldn't be. And again, people forget what MVP stands for. Most valuable player. If you took Justin Jefferson away from that team. They might be a five-win team. I am not over-exaggerating. He is the sole reason that they're win- winning a lot of these games. He's the sole reason they beat the Bills because that one-handed catch. Cool. Like, think about that offense without him. I just, I, I think he should be the MVP. I think he's going to have a huge game. Uh, no Jalen Johnson. No, uh, who just got put on IR too? Tevin Jenkins and, and a bunch of guys. Michael Schofield. Yeah, 31-17 Vikings. I, got, I don't have a bold prediction for you. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I, my bold prediction is that Peterman throws three interceptions. I texted you this earlier. If, if I could bet three plus interceptions cool. for Peterman, I would legitimately do it. Um, That'd be good money. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's, I mean, the guy just loves to give the ball away. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, I don't really have a bold prediction either. It's not great. Um, but the season is mercifully coming to an end. Probably going to end on a 10-game losing streak. But will be in play for the number one overall pick. So we will do a season wrap-up. We'll do some grades. We will, of course, look ahead a little bit to the draft. We'll you know, solidify where the Bears stand. So next week, we will be back. We will have an episode. We'll do our State of the Bears, State of the Union, off-season, look-ahead, season wrap-up episode. And we'll, you know, we'll go from there, and we'll let you all know what we're going to do from there. But we will be back next week. We'll do a recap, which will really just be you know a season recap. And we'll do some grades. We'll have some fun with it. And you know we'll kind of break down the season as a whole, what we liked, what we didn't like. And then we will look ahead to the draft, which will hopefully – have the Bears as the number one overall pick. Hopefully the Texans can get it done. So for myself, for Kevin, we appreciate all of the guys and girls and lads and gals that came through in the chat and the live viewers. We appreciate, of course, all the podcast listeners just as much. I'm Jake Hassan at Jake underscore Haas2 on Twitter. That's Kev. Kev that's Kevin at KevCharles112 on Twitter. Follow us, of course, at Bears Nation Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next week. Until then, everybody, bear down.